When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I remember a moment early in my adolescence where I had this distinct feeling that I missed an announcement that I was really supposed to have heard. The feeling that I had was as if I was just with all my friends playing. And all of a sudden I looked up and everyone other than me had started to run on this giant racetrack that we were all supposed to get to the end of. And by the time I even realized this race had started, everybody else had a head start on me. I know that life can feel like that. I know it can feel like you're in constant competition with every other human being on the planet. And to some degree, you are. There is a kernel of truth in this. It can look like we're all just on this big giant racetrack racing against each other. And so many people are so far ahead of you. You can't even understand how they got there. You don't think you're ever going to catch up to them. And you wonder, why am I even bothering to run? Why am I bothering to run if I know I will never catch these people and I will always feel behind? The thing about that is the racetrack is an illusion. Competition is real, but the racetrack is an illusion. It's actually a terrible metaphor for what life actually is. And I hope that today I can help you see that. And in doing so, that we can maybe get you one step closer to slaying that comparison monster that plagues just about every last one of us. Before we get to that, let me just briefly introduce myself in case it's your first time here, because I do think it matters. And I do think you deserve to know who you're listening to, to figure out if you want to take me seriously or not. My name is Dr. Scott. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I'm the founder and CEO of the North Star Psychological Center, which is a treatment center in Eastern Iowa, specializing in moderate to severe mood and anxiety disorders. I am not here to sell you anything. In fact, I have nothing to sell. Um, well, that's not quite true. I do have a book. You can buy the book if you'd like. You'll still have access to all my videos, even if you don't buy the book, because my videos will always be free. I make these videos because I've looked at what else is out there. And although there are a lot of good people in the social media mental health world, absolutely none of them that I've found are making the kind of content I would have needed to help pull myself out of the darkest place I've ever been in. I have struggled with my own mental health for a good portion of my life. I needed help. I didn't get that help. And I want to make sure that I am creating content that could help people who are in similar situations who may have felt disappointed or unfulfilled by what they've found so far. So that's my intro back to business. It's so easy to constantly feel like we are falling short. Everybody's life is on display 24-7 now. And but this is not a new problem. Even before social media, comparison was a real issue that all human beings had. Living up to the Joneses is not a new term, right? We've always had this sense of trying to figure out how we measure up to other people and probably feeling some level of insecurity or jealousy or despair when we feel like we're falling short. 
And the world makes it very, very easy for us to feel like we're supposed to look at it this way. Like you can meaningfully compare yourself to another human being and figure out, how am I doing? That, that that's actually a valid measuring stick or a reasonable way of trying to figure out if you are on track with your own life. But what you've probably noticed, and certainly what I noticed, is it never seems to help, or almost never at least. You almost always end up coming away from these comparisons with a sense of inadequacy, insecurity, failure, and probably demotivation which is the exact opposite of what we're often told we're supposed to feel when we're looking at these other people doing these awesome things. We're supposed to get inspired and be like, oh, I want to do that too. I want to be like them. I could do that because I can see some other person doing it. Usually it's like, what am I doing with my life then? Why, why should I even bother working on these things? If someone else is that far ahead of me, I'm never going to catch them. So I might as well just give up on this now because I'll never reach that point. Comparisons usually end up being dysfunctional. I mean, that maybe that's too broad a statement. But I, if you have depression or anxiety, that's going to factor into every comparison you make. You'll never be able to just make an objective comparison between you and someone else because for every comparative process you engage in in your mind, the thoughts and beliefs associated with your depression and anxiety are going to graft themselves onto that comparison and they're going to modify it and twist it and manipulate it so that no matter who you're looking at and what you're looking at, you end up feeling like a loser. And that doesn't help you. There's no way to stop comparing though. I would love to teach you a strategy to just like deactivate the comparison part of your brain and just never be plagued with these types of thoughts again. But this stuff is pretty hardwired in us. So that's not a realistic option. What I do want you to know is why these comparisons are so unscientific and dysfunctional and incorrect at the end of the day. In any kind of research study, and, it, and, and a research study is a comparison, like, like let's say I'm comparing two treatment techniques and I'm trying to figure out which one of these helps people more. That's a comparison. In order to make a comparison between two or more things in a research study, you have to have a good degree of what is called experimental control. Experimental control means you are keeping as many of the variables that could affect the outcome of this study as possible consistent between the two groups. In other words, if I created this brand new treatment technique for trauma and I'm trying to test it against EMDR and I'm trying to say, does my treatment work better than EMDR? And all the people that are in the group receiving my treatment have mild PTSD and all the people in the group receiving the EMDR treatment have severe PTSD, there might be a huge difference in outcome between those two groups of people because they weren't really all that similar to begin with. Like, yeah, they had the same diagnosis, sure, but their symptoms were probably dramatically different from one another. So you can't really make a meaningful comparison between these two types of treatments because the two groups of people that you're comparing are too dissimilar to one another. This is also true of you compared to every other human being on earth. 
the amount of experimental control, in other words, the amount of consistency in all of the variables that affect your life and where you're at today compared to some other person, whether you know them in real life or on social media or whatever, is literally billions. There are billions of differences between those two people. Every experience you've ever had is unique to you. Even if you had an experience and other people were there with you, they still did not have the same experience as you. Because A, they were paying attention to different parts of the experience. B, they interpret it differently because they have a different brain and a different history and a different belief system. So every experience you have ever had is completely unique to you. Those of you who have siblings know what I'm talking about. You ever reminisce with your siblings and you are, are recalling some certain memory and you tell the story of that memory and, or, or even it could be even parents. I don't know why it has to be siblings. And whoever you're talking to about that memory says like, well, I remember that, but I remember it differently. And maybe they don't remember the part of it that really sticks out in your mind. And maybe there's a part of that experience that really stuck out to them. And when they share that with you, you're like, I don't even remember that happening. Same experience, different focuses, different areas of focus, I should say, within that experience, different interpretations of that experience equals not the same experience. So every experience you've ever had is completely unique. You know what else is completely unique? Your brain. There has never been another brain exactly like yours in the history of humanity. Some people certainly are more like you than others. There are some people who you have a lot in common with and some people who you seem to have next to nothing in common with. But no one has ever possessed the exact brain that you currently possess. Your body is also unique. Your exact combination of DNA and physical traits and qualities and diagnoses and, and health status has never existed in human history. And it never will. There will never be another you. Even identical twins end up with different lives, different belief systems, different experiences, and often different levels of mental health and different qualities of life. Because although these people had the same genetic material, they had different experiences and different interpretations of these experiences. I could go on and on and on, but I feel like I'm about to get to the point where this is going to be repetitive. So hopefully the point you're getting from this part is you are not actually like anybody else in the world. You're, you're not. You are a completely unique being, which ultimately makes any comparison that you would want to make between yourself and any other person scientifically invalid. You had different starting points, you have different goals, and you have had different experiences along the way. It's not a level playing field. That's where this racetrack metaphor that life so often feels like is false. Because in, in an actual race, everyone has the same starting point. Everyone has the same chances and the same opportunities. And we know that's not true, right? That's not even remotely true in life. Now, let's say you isolate it down to just one thing. Let's say you're not comparing your entire life to some other person's entire life. Let's say you're talking about one area. Maybe it's money or health or something like that. And you, you look at this person and they just seem so superior 
to you, so far beyond you. And you think, gosh, if I could just, if only I had that, if only I had what they have, my life would feel so much different, so much better. That's the story we tell ourselves. There's some problems with that story. First thing is, you don't even know if what you're seeing is real. People fake things all the time. Sometimes it's intentionally fake. Sometimes people are trying to sell you on a product or on a lifestyle. And so they present themselves some certain way. And it's actually manipulated. Some of the people who show you their houses and cars or whatever, you know, some of that stuff is just rented, right? Some of these health influencers are using so much Photoshop and so much filters. But let's say that let's say that physically it is real, that they do appear to have what, what they're showing you that they have. You still don't know what the backstory is there. Maybe that person really does own that car, but that doesn't mean they can afford it. Maybe that person really does have that body, but that doesn't mean they're healthy. Looking healthy and being healthy are two very different things. Looking financially well off and being financially well off are two very different things. And often the harder someone tries to convince you they have something, the less they actually have that thing. Because if they really had it, they wouldn't necessarily care if you know or not, because they have internal satisfaction that they have that thing and they don't need validation from anybody else. And even if they do have that thing, you don't actually know what they gave up to get it. When we isolate one part of our lives and compare ourselves in this one area to someone else in this one area, we are committing a huge logical error. Because many, I would say most, of the people who have reached some incredible place in life in some certain domain have given up a tremendous amount of their life in other areas to achieve in that one area. Would I like to have Elon Musk's bank account? Probably. I mean, I can't even fathom it. I don't actually know what that would feel like. Would I like to have Elon Musk's family situation? No, no. And, and I suspect that his family situation is what it is because he spends so much of his life pursuing financial status and, and workplace achievements. That's his, that's his main thing. And he has been willing to give up virtually everything else in his life to achieve it. And, and that is kind of amazing in a way, but it's not what I would want, actually. And I don't know that it is what anyone else would want either. It reminds me a little bit, another video game metaphor coming, but you guys seem okay with those. My brother and I used to play uh, a lot of Madden. And we'd always make ourselves in Madden, only obviously they would be enhanced versions of ourselves because I'm not a professional football player. And in Madden, when you create a player, you get this certain number of skill points to allocate and you have to choose what area to put them in. And you can make your guy like really fast or really strong or um, have amazing ball security so they don't fumble, really high jumper, really away, like really smart and, and paying attention to what's happening. I had this brilliant idea once to make a character because anytime you took points away from one thing, you could put it into something else. And I put a lot of thought into this and I'm like, what? What are the stats that my player doesn't really need? I made my, my player was a tight end because that's what position I actually played in football. So I made him like maximum speed, maximum strength, maximum catching ability, like all hundreds. And then almost every other thing he had was a zero or, or I think it was 30, the lowest it'll let you get. His first game, Scott Eilers, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. He, his first three catches 
were like 70, 80 yard touchdowns. Caught the ball, no one touched him, scored like best start of any tight end ever in NFL history. The fourth time he caught the ball, he got tackled and immediately fumbled because he had ball security of 30. The fifth time he caught the ball, he got tackled, also fumbled, and suffered a career-ending neck injury in the third quarter. I didn't even know that it was possible to sustain a career-ending injury in Madden, but in fact, it is if you give your character the minimum injury rating. And that is basically what a lot of people are doing in life. They're able for some indeterminate period of time to do these amazing things and then put these amazing things they're doing front and center for the whole world to see. But so often the things they are doing are not sustainable. They're not going to be able to keep doing those things for a long period of time or for the rest of their lives. And so at some point, what looks like this big, amazing life they're building is going to crash and burn. It's all going to fall to the ground. You see this all the time. You see this happen to celebrities. You see this happen to influencers. But yet, we it's, it's like we forget. And then we see this one certain person and we forget all the stuff we've seen before and we think, oh man, if only I had that life. And here's the other thing. You don't actually know what it would feel like. Like, because you're a different person than they are. You don't know what that life feels like to them. But even if you did know what that life felt like to them, that's not what it would feel like to you because you aren't them. When you think about what another person's life feels like, the image in your head and the emotions associated with that image are not real. That is you simulating the experience of being them inside of your own mind and making projections and assumptions and extrapolations. That's not actually what it would feel like to be them. I've shared this on this channel before, but it's worth sharing again. I had a professional mentor uh, named Kim. Kim is a psychologist and she was, and still is like basically the person I want to be. And when I was an intern, when I was younger in my career, sometimes I would just look at Kim and I would just think it has to just, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but just every second, it must just feel good to be her. Like, like to not even, you don't even have to be doing anything just to wake up and be that person just has to be this wonderful, fulfilling experience every second of every day. And here's the thing, I professionally, in terms of like where I'm at, my achievements and what I've done in my career, I basically am Kim. I, I pretty much followed her path, did what she did, did a few things my way, but more or less, I've gotten to a point comparable to where she was at when I was working there. And I, I'm not gonna say it didn't do anything, but I don't feel the way I told myself Kim felt. Probably because I was wrong. And that's probably not actually how Kim felt or feels because she is a human being with ups and downs, just like everybody else, no matter how wonderful her life may look. And so is everybody else out there. So let me give you a replacement for this racetrack metaphor that life can so often feel like. It's, it, it's not an apt comparison. What life is more like is a gigantic forest, an unfathomably large forest with about 8 billion people trying to find their way through it. But each person starts at a unique point in this forest. And each person also has a unique destination. 
There are no two people in this world with the exact same goals if you really break it down. So ultimately, what you're doing is you're trying to find your unique path through this forest. And if you happen to come across someone who is farther into this forest than you, that doesn't actually mean they're doing better than you because they are on a different path. Sometimes your path will intersect with someone else's. Sometimes you'll be on your own for a while. They're both part of your journey. But ultimately, you are carving a unique path because no one has ever been you before and no one has ever wanted to get exactly where you want to get. You are charting uncharted territory. No one has ever done what you're trying to do. It's okay to use other people for inspiration, but they are not the blueprint for what your life should be. I hope that some of the information that I've shared with you today has helped you manage the constant comparison monster that's in your mind. If you need any additional help on this or want me to expand upon something I touched on in this video, please let me know in the comments and I'll make a video about that. I'll see you next time. Take care.